0: Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Um, We said our theme for this month is open doors. I thought somebody would be excited at that. Open doors. Uh, In the passage that we have just read, we know the story very well. Jacob had just been blessed by his father. And having been blessed by his father, the next thing for Jacob is that he had to run for his life. There was a threat from his, uh, they call it his elder brother or his twin brother. If you remain where you are, one day you wake up at the gate of heaven. So he ran away. So he was a troubled young man. And on his journey, the Bible says he got to a point where he was tired. It was night, it was at night, and he just took a stone, put his head on the stone, and he slept off. What he did not realize that that place where he was, was a place of destiny. was a place that God had specifically, uh, uh, that, that God had, had an encounter with his grandfather. And his grandfather was who abraham it was a place that abraham himself had dedicated but jacob did not know he just slept there and there at that point in time he had an encounter with god he had what i call the open doors encounter you see after every victory brethren there will be a challenge to ascertain if you will stand or fail. After what? I mean, we can cast our minds back now, the month of September. Many of us said we fasted for the whole month of September. We were praying. Some of us prayed like we've never prayed before because there are one or two things we are seeking the face of God for. And many of us had revelations that says God has done it. And then you know what normally happens? It looks as if things begin to walk in the opposite direction of the promise that God has given. It looks as if God says, what will happen is A, but what, has, what you have seen is B. The Bible tells us that after Jesus was revealed as Christ at his baptism in the Jordan, he was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. It was the day that Christ was baptized was a day of victory for him. Is that not so? That was the day he was anointed. When we talk of anointing. Before then, he was an obedient and educated carpenter. But the day he was baptized, the Bible says the heavens were opened. And I mean, uh, the Spirit of God descended upon him. He was a changed man. But what did that Spirit that descended upon him? What did he do? The Bible says... That spirit led him into the wilderness. When you, I mean, for us, for us uh, writing down, putting down notes, John chapter 1 verse 29 to twenty-four to 34 tells us of how uh, John saw Jesus without knowing he was the Messiah. And he recognized him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. And going further, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 3 verse 21 to 22, that when the people were baptized, that Jesus when he was baptized and praying, the heaven was open. Your heaven will be open today. Amen. I said your heaven will be open today. Amen. But what happened? In, that, in Luke chapter 4, from verse 1, I'm going to read that. Luke 4 verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. You see, he was baptized at the Jordan. The Son of God descended upon him and was led by the Spirit into where? Into the wilderness. He had just had an open declaration. God had just spoken that this is my beloved son. With whom I am well pleased. Do what? Listen to him. And what was the next thing? He was led into the wilderness. And the Bible was clear. To be tempted of the devil. Verse 2. And the Bible says, Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. So look at the sequence of events. He was baptized, the heavens were opened, he was declared to be the Son of God. There was, if there was no celebration in any other person's house, there was celebration in Jesus' heart. Is that not so? That spirit of God that now came upon him led him to where? The wilderness. wilderness, To be what? To To be tempted. I'm trying to bring out a point that every promise, every victory. Will be challenged. But the question is, when that time comes, will you stand or will you fall? Some of us have. I mean, we know that God is with us. We know God is leading us. God has given us revelations of where we are going. Then we begin to relax. Then we begin to relax. And what should have taken us one month or two months begins to take us two years. Tell somebody it's not the fault of God. Now, when Jesus had successfully withstood the devil, he was empowered. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. When he went in chapter 4, verse 1, he was just full of the Holy Ghost, like many of us are. When he came back, in verse 14, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And then went out a fame of him through all the regions round about. So, wherever you are right now is not where you should stop. Wherever you are right now is a step to the next level. And you'll get there in Jesus' name. Amen. He, was, he was baptized, he was anointed. But he needed to move to a higher level. He needed to be empowered. It was only at that point he was empowered that his fame spread round about. What of David? David was anointed to be king over Israel. And after he was anointed to be king over Israel, what happened to him? He went back to the wilderness until an appointed time. Do you see a corollary between Jesus and David? Jesus was anointed at the Jordan. And what did he do? He went into the wilderness. David was anointed in his father's house, remember? Samuel said, nobody will sit down until you bring that lastborn, that eighth son of yours that you thought was not worthy of being the king of Israel. Everybody stood at attention until he came. And the moment he came, the Bible says, the Lord said, that is him. Anoint him. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. God will anoint you in the midst of your brethren. Either they like you or they don't like you. And you know it's sweeter when God anoints you in the midst of those who don't don't like you. Is that not so? Those who have written you off. Those who have said of you, can anything good come out of uh, Nazareth? We are talking of people, we are talking of that boy. Leave him alone. We are the ones. But God is saying, no, you are the one. Tell somebody, God is saying you are the one. one." And he will come through for you in Jesus' name. He was anointed in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel went home. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And you see, there is something we call divine arrangement. So God worked out a divine arrangement for David. In Israel that time, there were many people, many people who could play the flute. Who could play the harp. I'm sure some were better than David. But that day that the Spirit of God departed from Saul, and he needed somebody to invoke the Spirit of God to pacify him, nobody else was thought thought of, but who? Somebody said, I know someone. He's a warrior. He's an anointed man. And so from the wilderness, David came to the palace. But he didn't come to the palace to rule. He came to the palace to learn. And it continued this learning process. Some of us were high-ranking chiefs and executives where we came from. And then we find ourselves in this, do you call this place a wilderness or a palace? <laughs> Choose whatever it is. <laughs> and then you think that having got here, things should be as rosy, if not rosier, and they were over there. But you are going through a learning process. And I want to assure you, when it's over, you will ascend that throne. Amen. When it is over, you will get to the place God has prepared for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So David was learning the art of the palace in the palace. He was a warrior, but then because he was already anointed, there was a difference in him, and his exploits brought him what envy. And you see, the touch of God upon your life will make a difference. People will begin to notice you that something is different concerning this sister, something is different concerning this brother, and those who are wants to help you may rise up against you, but God will protect you. I said God will protect you. Amen. First Samuel chapter eighteen, verse seven to nine. The Bible says the woman sang, "David has killed in the name of Jesus." Amen. What of brother Joseph? Genesis 37, from verse 3 to verse 11. He was beloved of his father. And that love alone brought envy. But it didn't end there. His father loved him. The Bible says more than all his children. And to compound his problems, the boy began to have dreams. And when he would have his dreams out and keep quiet, what did he do? Because the man was relating, well not, not, they were men, he was a boy. He was relating with his elder brothers with a clean heart. He didn't know that their hearts were polluted towards him. I was listening to a man of God some days ago and he said, a particular man, they are same father, same mother. The younger brother is in the city and is a Christian. The older brother is in the village and is not a Christian and made up his mind that it looks as if this man this his young brother is the shining star of the family so he will do what he will kill him mm-hmm. so he took his picture took it from one shrine to the other unfortunately for him wherever he went they warned him if you don't desist, you run after this boy is what will kill you why because that boy had given his life to who to jesus that's what makes the difference david dealt with his brothers with a clean heart he didn't know that their hearts were polluted and brethren many of us don't know that our brothers our sisters with whom we are sharing our secrets their hearts are what you think they will protect you they envy you and when you expect that the help will come they are the ones you know like uh, uh, like our elders will say The one you want to blow ears into your eyes and remove that small speck. What does he put in his mouth? Pepper. Pepper. He's going to compound the situation. But thank God, there is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He's the brother that does not fail. He's the friend that is never lacking. He's the one that knows where he's taking you. And either your brothers and sisters like it or not, you will get there. Amen. I said, Tell somebody, I will, I will get there. David went from the pit to Poseidon's house, to prison. But eventually, he became what God said he would become. What am I saying? God's revelations to you will be tested. Go through the scriptures. They will be tested your steadfastness your place with the living god will determine how you come through and i want to tell someone here today you he will come through in jesus name Amen. so at this spot where jacob had an open door encounter he needed an assurance and the assurance he got was that open door because at that point in time he was so an away from his brother. Jacob was beginning to doubt. This blessing that I got through uh, crooked means because the man told his mother, he said, look, my brother is a hairy man. You want me to go and receive courses instead of blessing? The mother said, don't worry. Every course will be upon her. <laughs> so he analyzed and thought something is wrong. But the mother kept telling him, do, do what, go ahead. So when he now ran away, so eventually he had to run away. He kept thinking within himself. Is that the end of the story now? See, they, they, they blessed me and now I can't wait and anything I have. He needed an assurance. There's someone here that needs an assurance. You will receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are beginning to wonder, is God still with me? I know how God led me to this place, but it looks as if he has abandoned me. He looks as if he doesn't know me again. Or maybe I don't know him again. You need an assurance. You'll get it today in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the encounter that Jacob had at that spot, he gave him the assurance that the blessings that Isaac released upon him would indeed come to pass in spite of the circumstances that surrounded how he got them. It was very important. Oh, how he got the blessings was shrouded in some questions. But God said, I have made up my mind. Before you were born, I said the younger, will, I mean, the, the older one will serve the younger. I have not changed my mind. The devices of your mom sort of clouded what I had in mind. And I want you to tell someone here today, God has not changed his mind. You will still get there. He is still going to take you there. The assurance you need is an open-door encounter. Receive it in Jesus' name. After that encounter, Jacob got the assurance that the blessings of Abraham will continue in him. Will continue in who? In him. He knew about the blessings of Abraham. His father would have told him about it. He knew that his father had only two sons. And one of them will have to be the one to go ahead with the blessing. That day, when the heavens were opened, he was assured that he was a chosen one. He was a chosen one. And there's someone here that God has chosen. I said there's someone here that God has chosen. You will not fail in Jesus' name. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Jacob had been directed to an open portal of generational power without his knowledge. He had been directed to a place where his grandfather erected an altar. But he didn't know. That's why he made that statement. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And then he began to pray. Unto the Lord. Once he realized that indeed, in that Genesis twenty-eight, verse sixteen, Jacob awoke out of his sleep and he said, "Surely, the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not." And he was afraid, and said, "How dreadful is this place! This is none other but what the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven." Mm-hmm. Somebody is here today. That God has brought to a generational portal. Somebody is here today. That there is a gate that is open in the heavens concerning you. Amen. Somebody is here today. That you have come to a place of your own divine encounter. Amen. Somebody is here today. That you have come to a place that God he will establish his plan of promise for your life. Amen. Whereas Jacob did not know. You know. Tell somebody I know. I know. And it shall come to pass in Jesus name. Amen. He erected an altar there to the living God. And so Jacob, on account of the open door that he saw, he made a vow. He made a vow. Genesis 28, verse 20 to 22. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me, And will keep me in this way that I go. And will give me bread to eat. And raiment to put on. Maybe we should stop there. He said, if God will be with me. If God will keep me in this way that I go. If God will give me bread to eat. If God will give me raiment to put on. Many of us don't think of these things because God has already done it. Is that not so? He has done it already. Jacob was in the wilderness. He didn't know where he was going. That's all he needed for him to know that God was with him. You have more than this. So why do you doubt that God is with you? Why are you not assured that what he said he will do, he will do? He said, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. He said, then shall the Lord be my God. That's the first vow he made. He said, The Lord will be my God. Which Lord was he talking about? The living God, the everlasting God, the eternal God, the unchangeable changer, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last the one that saw you that day when you were at the Murtala Mohammed airport with only one bag. You saw some other people who were traveling with uh, loads of uh, a goosey and a uh, yam and all those things. But you had only what? Just one bag. And you were praying, like our sister's uh, testimony last Sunday. You were praying that I die in Nigeria or in Canada, Father, don't let them send me back. <laughs> Is that not so? And then you hear testimonies. Ah, and in fact, not testimony, You get to the airport and you see somebody. You know, when you see people from our country, you know them. And they are escorting him away. Say, that one is going back. Say, ah, Lord. Have mercy. I have come here. I cannot go back empty-handed. And he answered your prayers. And you are where you are now because you are going somewhere. And you will get there. And Jacob said, the Lord will be my God. Is the living God your God? That's the question today. Is he your God? Are you running a race with him? Or are you running a race aside from him? Is he involved in what you are doing? Or is he on his own and you are on your own? He said, the Lord will be my God. Brethren, that's a very simple but profound statement. Then he went on and said, this place shall be God's house. See, this place where I've met the Lord shall be what? God. And God ensured that throughout the life of Jacob, even after he left that place. If you remember, after his children went and killed Shechem and his sons and destroyed a whole village. God said, go to Bethel, where you erected an altar unto the Lord. This was his first altar. God told him, go back to that place. And he came back. It became a reference point. It became a reference point for him. He said, this place shall be God's house. And then number three, the third vow he made, he said, I will give my tithe of all that the Lord shall give unto me since he inherited the blessings of Abraham he merely keyed into the spiritual practice of Abraham many of us want to inherit the blessings of Abraham but we don't want the spiritual practice of who? of Abraham so we are quick to sing that song Abraham's blessings are mine Abraham's blessings are mine I am blessed in the morning in the evening abraham's then we even go for that and say my hands are blessed (laughs) we know all these songs about the blessings but there is a practice associated with the blessings so jacob said if god will indeed answer my prayers i will give a tenth of all that he gives to me why because he knew what his grandfather did in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20, as I round up, the Bible says, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. He was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him tithes of all. Abraham gave unto Melchizedek tithes of all. Jacob knew that. I said, if the Lord will keep me, the Lord will answer my prayers. And I pray for someone here, God will answer your prayers. He said, I will give my tithe. And God was faithful. Jacob was faithful. And that's why this is a reference point today. Today, the Lord will open a new door unto you question i want to ask you is what will you do with this open door what will you do jacob saw that open door as an opportunity to number one give his life to god so what you and i must ensure that our lives are given unto who unto jesus the bible says we are joined here with him you must be associated with jesus he must be your lord and personal savior that's very important Give your life to Jesus Christ. That's number one. Number two, make a vow that you intend to keep. Make a vow that what? That you intend to keep. Making a vow is not a problem for many of us. The problem is what? Keeping the vow. And some of us, the vows we make are so simple, and yet we find it difficult to do what? To keep the vow. Very simple vows. Lord, if you will do this for me, like some of us will say, I will just go to church, I will dance on the altar. Is that really a simple vow? Then God will do it. And the time to dance on the altar, say, ah, today's Sunday. Sister Lara is in church. Ah, Bro Day is here today. Uh, God, I will do it next Sunday. Very simple vow. We don't keep it. Of course we know, vows are not just money. Uh, the one most of us don't keep the most is what? It's the money. Say, God, if you will do this for me, I, this amount, I will make sure I give it to us, whatever it is in your house. Then when God does it, say, you know this is Canada God. <laughs> you know the bills are piling. In fact, they are almost taking me to collectors. Is that what they call them? Is it collectors? Uh So God, you understand? That understanding is what will keep some people in perpetual penury. Because they believe that God understands. Their possession has become their God. How much more you start talking about tithe. Then they will bring all the Bible passages that said, this ought not to have, uh, I mean, ought you to have done is an Old Testament thing. This one is New Testament thing. <laughs> Somebody ge- was given a, 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 was it the GO? He said the Old Testament thing was even better. The Old Testament expected to give what percentage? Only 10. He said the New Testament expected to give what? 100. To give all. all. Yeah. The Old Testament says give 10%. The New Testament says what? Give all. So, your own adherence to the New Testament is to do what? Give nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's your own New Testament. Is to give nothing. Because money has become your God. But when you were praying, when you were doing, uh, uh, I mean, unmentionable night videos, now we know what I'm talking about when you are going to those mountains that have no mattresses, to pray up to pray on them, and making all the vows, you could not argue any Bible passage that says, no, this one is New Testament, this one is Old Testament. But when God has begun to move you forward, you begin to bring arguments. And that's why many of us don't attain, attain our potentials. Attain what? I'm not saying you won't buy a house. I'm not saying you won't buy a car. Like I've always said here, you are rejoicing in the fact that you own a house. When God says, you're, when you have 10 houses, that's the starting point. Amen. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And we begin to cheat ourselves and think we are, we are cheating God. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord go to what? His eyes still go to and He's still looking for a brother. He's still looking for a sister. Whose heart is not your ISO, it's not your handle, it's not even your bank account. Who's what? Whose heart is what? It's right with him. Is your heart right with him? That's the question today. Is your heart right with him? Give your life to Christ. Make a vow you intend to keep. Determine that you will give your tithes at the minimum, from today onwards, some people's tight is fifty percent of their income. Some people's tight is ninety percent of their income. We are here arguing about what 10, 10, ten percent. And these are people that give that uh, one t- one story, and then I will round up. That the GO gave, he said they went for a conference or a k- Kenneth Hagen, right? They went to a, con- a Kenneth Hagen conference, and so when it was time for offering a man stood up and said, whatever all of you give, I will match it. I said, so some people gave with anger that we will make sure that this man, by the time they all finished giving their offerings, was maybe about maybe 20,000 or something, uh, the man came and said, is that all? Is that all you can do as many as you are here today? Redouble your effort because I will do what? I will match it. So the Jew said, I mean, this was this is not this year. Oh. This is maybe about 20, 20 something years ago. So when dollar was still dollar. <laughs> yeah, so it's not only that I suffered, though. <laughs> so the Jew said in the middle of his mind that this man, I must know his story. So he went, made some inquiries. How can a man stand up in a garden of thousands of people and say, whatever you give, I will match it. And he had the story of the man. At a point in life, he was struggling. Then he started a company and he told God that 90% of the income of this company will be for God's work. And he kept that promise. Now, if 10% of your income will sustain you, can you imagine what that type of income will be? Am I making sense? If the Lord so much blesses you that 10% of your income will sustain you so that you can use 90% for God's work in different ways, then you can imagine what that income will be. All that God is looking for is men that will be faithful. If you make up your mind that you'll be faithful with him, today he will make a covenant with you. Today he will open the windows of heaven. Today a door will be opened unto you. Amen. Today He will give you a new song. Amen. He will give you a future that men cannot—I mean, cannot—but notice and talk about. Amen. And you will catch my back and say, "Ah, it's not me. It's my God." Mm-hmm. Let's bow down our heads. Are you here today, and you've not given your life to Christ? <laughs> if you are not born again, and you just think you can buy God with money, you are throwing money away. The starting point is that you give your life to Jesus. You start a journey with him. The reason many of us are so stingy with our resources is because we are not born again. And we know it ourselves. It doesn't mean we don't come to church. Until you give your life to Christ and you realize that he died for you, is then you will be ready to say, Lord, all that I have is yours. Do with me as you will. Is then that 10% of your income will sustain you. And God will make you a financier of his kingdom. Are you here you are not born again? You want to give your life to Christ? You want to raise up your hands where you are? We are going to pray together. You are watching online. You want to give your life to Christ? Does anyone that is saying, I give my life to Christ today, just say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. Come into my life. Write my name in the book of life. Let it be deliberating. Concerning me, O Lord, let the devil be a perpetual loser and make me a perpetual winner. From this day onwards, my journey is with you. Give me a new song. Give me a new testimony. Why don't you pray a prayer and say, Father, give me an open door. Give me an open door. Jacob had his own open door experience. Give me my own open door experience. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on I. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, have your way. Let your name be glorified. Put the devil to shame. Let our joy be full. Be glorified and be magnified, O oh Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.